Hi, I'm Dr. Gopal and this is Second Opinion. Today our guest is Dr. Dylan Thomas. Dylan is actually an orthopedic surgeon, however he sub-specialized in spinal surgery. And back pain is something that affects everyone at some point in their life. Now, whether you go down the road of operative intervention or conservative management, you need to know some of the tricks and the tips into making that decision. Today, we'll pick Dylan's mind and figure out exactly what he thinks and what is the best way to proceed. Without further ado, let's start the interview. So, I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Marco Paul, and welcome to Second Opinion. Today, we have with us Dr. Dylan Thomas, orthopedic and spine surgeon who recently completed his fellowship in Bristol in the UK. Dylan is highly trained in the orthopedic aspects of spine surgery and intends to bring his newfound knowledge to the and skill set to our country. Dylan, welcome and thanks for coming. Thanks for So, Dylan, tell me, you're back. Finally, you've been there for a while. Uh, after being in a first world setting with the latest second research in spine surgery, I know you're a national and you want to give back, but tell me, what drove you to it? Well, a couple of things. Well, first of all, for the family, they like the warm bed. Right. That is quite warm, nice right. people. Uh, but in addition to the spinal aspect, I think that there is a need for spinal, a proper spinal service to be set up in Trinidad. Right. I know we spoke about you wanted to set up an MDT at some point and have a multidisciplinary team. Just in terms of what you produce, how did you, or what are you thinking about bringing what you saw in the first story and what needs to be set up here? Well, it's good that you mentioned the multidisciplinary team because in Trinidad is a bit fragmented. We have some of the specialists, but it's not a coordinated effort. With regards to the spinal service, or your spinal service, what you need to do is coalesce or merge all the different specialties mm -hmm. uh, because you will need, other than having a spinal surgeon, neurosurgeons, orthopedic surgeons, you need physicians, you need physiotherapists, occupational therapists, internal medicine doctors, even geriatricians, psychologists. So you, you realize in Trinidad we have all these specialties, um, but we're not united. We're not working together. We're not working together. That's yeah. one aspect. The second aspect, so that was more or less the human resources aspect, but we also need the proper infrastructure. Now we have the hospital set up, but what I think is, is needed now is other than the spinal technology and the innovations, um, we need more or less a well-coordinated effort to marry both the human resources and the um, infrastructure and, and spinal tech. Well, no, just, to, just to play a little interesting point, as I said, we have the infrastructure, I mean, there's a a new hospital that's not even occupied and we still have hospitals but they're filled with patients. Yeah. I mean, we have the manpower but we don't have the cooperation at the same time. True. Yeah? No, that goes on, I would say, it uh, management because yes, we have the physical structures yeah. but if we don't have a proper service um, set up, uh, what is this service to? A structure for management. You need the structure. Yeah. You need the structure. You need the focus to get yeah all this coordinated effort to tackle the patients with these spinal problems and to minimize the length of stay and just have an efficient service in treating the patients in a timely manner to get them up and about and out of the hospital to return uh, in society in some form or fashion. Yeah. Yeah, because also dealing with the different types of patients, whether it's young patients, working patients or elderly patients, your targets will be different. You don't want the children to lose too much time of school you don't want the working population, young yeah. adults like ourselves, to be missing time off work, and you don't have the elderly to be in hospital too long. In 
increasing the length of stay, increasing the hospital costs. Cost, yeah, yeah. 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 Because money per day. Correct. Uh, I remember one of my consultants at one point he was saying, you know, how important it is to have a neurosurgical service. But when you need adjunct services, for example, physiotherapy, and that isn't properly set up, and that that actually plays a big part in recovery. Yes. I suppose this is where it falls into the multi multidisciplinary human where you need success for yeah, a I mean, it's a good point that you made because with regards to, since sometimes institutions will focus, okay, you need a surgeon, but at the same time, after this, even before the surgeon does his job, you need a proper physiotherapy assessment before, you need proper physiotherapy and occupational therapy after mm -hmm. to get these patients up and about and to reintroduce introduce the patients back to either the home environment or the work environment. Yeah. And hence the reason multidisciplinary yeah. team. That is the main focus and drive yeah. uh, with the service. I got you. Completely agree. So you know back pain is huge regardless of where you are. I think it's a it's a common thing regardless. And such a common symptom. I always simply say, you know, if you think about your spine like a liver balance in the front forces, where your back forces, I mean there are a lot of common conservative things you could do to really prevent this or prevent the progression of this. What, is your, what are your thoughts on this? Well, first of all, um, for, the, for anyone, especially for the layman, they will present to us doctors right. with a complaint of back pain. So back pain is not a diagnosis, as yeah. you know. Yeah. It's a symptom. It's far from. Yeah. yeah. And there's so many, there's a myriad of causes um, for back pain. But yes, I like, I like your, your mechanical description of yeah. how the spine looks, and that's important. Because, I mean, you see it sometimes, for example, you know, common things are common. Like you would see the pregnant woman come in and complain about pain, and that's fine, because you're pregnant now already, you have the additional weight of your memories, etc. But you could see people sometimes not taking care of themselves, and sometimes the most common things are you overweight. Yeah. You overweight is the most common thing, as well, I mean, I can see. Yeah, because even before patients seek uh, medical care, a lot of the times back pain is, is, is nothing really dangerous, you know, mm -hmm. it could be, as you say, more lifestyle, yeah. and as you mentioned, pregnant women, but how about with the whole drive of, of the pandemic of people being overweight, yeah. even in poor nations or richer nations, mm -hmm. obesity and overweight is a main problem mm -hmm. affecting health, and they focus on, you know, the cardiovascular diabetes and hypertension, but also the mechanical, going yeah. back to your first reference, the, the, the spine is a mechanical structure loading the spine, putting too much axial load on the spine could already could cause more uh, deterioration of the different elements or parts or segments of the spine, affecting the tiny facet joints in the back, the discs and the, the, the spine in its entirety. Right. So keeping weight down and proper uh, exercise and managing weight properly is very important in spinal health. Agreed. Now one of the things I think we, we and us and I suppose any other system that's up is you know somebody comes to you all the time with an x-ray. But you know we know you can't see this on x-ray, so it's very much only bones we can see at that point in time we try to assess. I mean how do you tell patients to progress knowing that sometimes it's only that preliminary exam we could do and we don't have the same as MRI available to everyone? Yeah. How would you approach that? Well when patients present with um, back pain, we know as doctors we do a history and examination. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes people, even some of our colleagues might just order an extra. Yeah. But once you do a proper history and examination, you can look out as a physician if this patient needs an extra or not. Because as you correctly said, extra wouldn't show the disc itself. Mm -hmm. yeah. It could give you an idea of disc height and all, yeah. that, all that surgical planning or whatnot. But for the normal physician, if you think it's muscular, 
the patient does not have any red flags, any emergency spinal problems, I call it spinal syndrome. What you can do as a first step, you can treat the patient with uh, police, which is really protect, optimal load, and the ice therapy, um, and get the patient moving safely right. and see if they resolve and, and see them back in a, a timely manner. And then if you think that, okay, it's not working, then you can move on to this step of an extra and a specialist mm -hmm. opinion. The reason I ask you this is so important because, you know, sometimes patient wants, wants uh, certain things done for themselves. Yeah. And they think when we do do something, you know, we're already fulfilling it. Yeah. But it's nice to hear sort of a reaffirming opinion from you that, you know, this is the, the initial treatment. And if it gives into something, then you move forward with it. Yeah, because yes. education um, and, and this segment I have, which is quite good, is about educating the public. Mm -hmm. Right? Educating patients because the patients have the power. Once yeah. they understand what's going on within themselves, they just break it down in a form they'll understand. They get the patient to buy into it or to be on board. Truthfully, mm -hmm. we be truthful to our patients. But once we explain things to them, and no time is a fact. Yeah. Yeah. With, with, yeah. with physicians, you have yeah. a big practice, you have to see lots of patients. But use that five minutes to get them to understand what the problem is. Yeah. And they will understand why they might not need an extra because mm -hmm. that also has radiation. Yeah. And of course, attached it. So if it's not necessary, then you don't have to do that first thing. Agreed, agreed. So we know about uh, the impact of exercises and certain running, for example, can give you a lot of trouble on your knees and you know, they send a weight on your joints after a while. What are some of the exercises you would recommend for somebody in back pain? Because I know there's the beauty of uh, cycling and swimming and those sorts of things. Yeah, um, that's a good question. With regards to back pain, and I know I used the acronym police before because <laughs> everyone knows rice, you know, yeah. rest ice. That's been around forever. That's yeah, been around forever. Uh, but what the evidence is showing you now is yeah, protect an optimal load. You want to get the body and the, the skeleton to function um, as normal safely. Within the it's okay. Yeah. yeah. So once you're not causing pain, you can start your early exercise, early movement, early safe movement. Mm -hmm. And aquatherapy is good because the buoyancy of water takes off some of the load. Uh, cycling is also good because you keep the joints moving. Um, with regards to back pain, walking is good, right? Uh, a nice cushion shoes and soft surfaces. Uh, once the cause of the back pain is instilled and you know how to avoid aggravating the injury. But physiotherapy plays a very uh, yeah. important part yeah. in the management of back pain. I know. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. You know, that's why we said the MDK is so important before. Correct. Yeah. So, as we know, we, we play a lot of sports, and you know how difficult it is when you play a sport and you love sport. Yeah. You know, resting is the go-to option sometimes. It's, it's the easiest option, but it's not also the most uh, easy option for a patient to hear. You know, they, 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 they don't want to rest, they still want to be active. Tell me what are some of the minimum time frames you would uh, sort of put together for the most frequent uh, pathologies you would. Well, with regards to Alcindega... Just so they have a sort of guideline for what they should be doing. Well, the whole musculoskeletal system, we know we have muscles, we have bones, tendons, ligaments, joints, nerves, etc. But with regards to muscles, ligaments and tendons, yeah, we study that, but depending on the level of injury. So we as physicians, we sometimes use investigations as well, like MRIs and whatnot. Together with our insurance exam to determine the level of injury. Mm -hmm. So we, we classify them in different ways, whether it's mild, whether it's severe, type 1, type 2, type 3. We have many different ways, but yeah. the main thing is, is working out if it's a severe or mild injury. Right. 
mild injury to these structures, it could take a few days to a few weeks. Um, moderate injury goes on to several weeks, six weeks, sometimes even eight weeks. Yeah. And severe ones can take three to six months, depending on how severe the injury is. Yeah. But it's a, a, a vague. It is a vague thing, but because there's a little bones. As you take up to nine months yeah. to heal. Right. Fractured yeah. bones will take the longest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, as I say, nine months to a year to heal. So we just have to work on the diagnosis yeah. and then manage accordingly. I think there's, there's a lot of the patient education to get into have them in a calm state for that three weeks because yeah. they just going to, uh, I mean, aggravate the injury. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people, once the pain, that those, those pain chemicals, those factors decrease yeah. and they feel, okay, it's not a first, first sign of reef. They go back to yeah. that. That is totally yeah. wrong. I mean, I did it Saturday when we were playing football, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I was going to do that a couple of times too. So, great. So, I know, as I said, we're talking about operator now, and I know when you're debilitating pain or it begins to affect your quality of daily life. That's definitely an indication to operate. Uh, what are some of the telltale signs you will tell somebody that they have to come in immediately when, when their back pain is getting too serious? Okay, that's, that's a very, very good question. Um, I will say, first of all, if you think about deterioration of neurological function, and that's just a fancy word, but it's just like weakness, legs given away, difficult before the patient could have climb staircases or walk 100 feet. Now they can only stand for a short period of time before they have to sit down or lay down. Problems with um, bowel or bladder function. I was about to say that any sort of incontinence will probably yeah. show you those sorts of signs. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah that is, is, is very serious. And uh, I'll also say instability and how we pick up that is that patients cannot sit or stand, you know, without having severe or extreme pain. Yeah. Yeah. So severe pain, worsening neurological function, bowel and bladder compromise. Okay. That's a nice way to classify it. Sure. Great. So I remember sending you the TED talk. Uh, the decision to operate is always a difficult one. We saw Christopher said TED talk, who's a neurosurgeon at Oslo University, and he also plays a large part in the National Spine Registry. He compared the procedures being done in many specialties, including spine, to the different factors of geographic location, patient outcome, economic motivation, and other factors. And he found although, uh, found although indications are standardized, there was still a large degree of treatment variation, sometimes unnecessary in a much larger population. The reason I tell you all this big thing is, how do you remember that in a smaller population, yes, but by your own personal guidelines, to operate or not to operate in a receptive? Well, this, this goes back to one of the first things we talk about, the importance of having a spinal service set up okay, in, in our yeah. country, but it's public, private, both, I think yeah. it's necessary, because you, you, you touch on some important things, economic cost, right, different surgical methods. Yeah. You mentioned a spinal registry. Yeah. Now, in any society, it is important, and I think it's time that we focus also on having a proper service set up. Um, audit and research because in order to set up a registry we need to know as surgeons as medical practitioners and we treat in these patients what are all comes yeah. yes we see them back in mm -hmm. clinic after we think you know okay yeah. patient is either doing well or not doing too well but how do we how do we monitor if we have complications in, in the operation yeah. how do we monitor the patient reported outcomes PROs which is the mainstay of outcome measurement now for everyone to know what PROs, how patient will document their outcome. It usually measures parameters, easy parameters like pain, right? right? The severity of pain, 
and you can just score it, 0 to 10. Uh, certain other outcome measures like function, how a, how a patient can handle steps, how they can handle walking around, how they can handle usual day-to-day -day activities. So there are very uh, there are several validated and reliable uh, measurement instruments, which we call outcome measurement tools, that patients can fill out for themselves in form of questionnaires, yeah. right? As quick and easy, even when monitoring parameters like anxiety or depression or right. sexual function because all these things are part of everyone's right. lives at some yeah, point in yeah. time. So if we as physicians or we as health institutions don't start monitoring these things from a baseline before operations and then compare it after operations in a timely fashion, post up after a few months, after a year, after two years, how could we tell if the, the yeah. Uh, surgical is improving. Is improving. What doesn't get measured doesn't exactly. get improved. Yeah. As well as the economic factor. Yeah. Because we could be doing a method A type of surgery. Uh, it's costing a lot of money, and it's it's, it's it's impacting on the patient and the economy. And we could have been doing procedure B, which is a more efficient service. Efficient yeah. service. Yeah. I guess so. You. I think uh, we it's have important. to focus on this. I think you see everywhere they always have a sheet you fill out now or some sort of analytics yeah. and it's everywhere across the world now because they understand you have to measure Even in sports, power. you yeah. know, in, in football or cricket or whatever, they have stats, yeah. how much runs this, this, this sports And, and, and they'll get it digital now. Everything is digital. What yeah. shot you play, how much time to the over, Correct. how you kick in, where your penalties go in. Yeah. It's, 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 it's very it's analytical. Digital age. So yeah. we, we must have a drive towards that because Blend it. It, we must merge it. We must bring it in and incorporate it in our Great. practice. So great, I agree with that. So tell me what are your thoughts on the efficacy of nerve tablets and nerve reinforcement these sorts of things where it relates particularly to nerve and spinal cord injury? Yeah, I think um, based on the, the nerve pathologies, nerves, just like other tissues, if it's damaged, it gets inflamed. Yeah. So starting off with baseline medications like anti-inflammatory and then moving towards the neuropathic drugs, pain modulation, um, affecting different pain centers in the brain and spinal cord and all that. I think it's important. I think it works, yeah. right? Um, but once again, it's based on the severity. But if you have a mechanical aspect of the, the spine affecting the nerve, meaning that some bone or joint or ligament is actually squeezing right. physically the nerve, then the nerve will get inflamed and get swollen. Sometimes with the medication, the anti-inflammatory medication, the size of the nerve could, could decrease right. and that pressure could come off. But if that pressure is constant and continuously pressing on the nerve, then you'll have, have, have to physically yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. so you'll have to physically remove it. Yeah. So based on um, the pathology, the cause of it, you'll have to use either medication, physio, or surgery or combination to deal with the problem. Okay. Yeah. And also multivitamins and proper diet. Also yeah, yeah. We start back with the basics, just like before. Yeah, just like before. Right. So just a fair way, I mean, you know. You've told us so much about spine, but I know you, you play sports and you do orthopedic surgery. I mean, you've seen a lot of cases before you went down the spine room. So, we play a lot of football together, Jalan. I mean, we know we love the sport, and as I said, you're also orthopedic surgery. You know the joy I want to play, and you know, getting that game back out there, but you also have the science behind injury. Uh, as I said, I know sports injuries and fractures take a long time to heal, but what is like the average time frame? I mean, you would, because I know we touched on this with spine, but I have so many people that come to me with regards to injuries, and I know it depends from injury to injury. You can't give one sort of fix all injuries, but from a sports point of view, sometimes I always tell people, you know, rest for how much you need to rest initially, or you will never fully heal. That's 
That is so true. I, I think the rest, uh, and I'm, I'm, I know I'm talking a lot about acronyms, but we know about rest, you know, mm. you know, eyes, compression, elevation. Yeah. From time immemorial, we have been using that. Rest is important in the early phase. Now we're talking about protect optimal load and ice, right? Police. So rest is important, especially in the acute phase, for right. the first few days. Um, I think is important with regards to orthopedic injury, muscles, tendons, ligaments. But even while resting doesn't mean full bed rest, I would say. Right. So once it's got a severe strain or a severe grade of injury, and you can load the joint safely. Loaded, whether it's passively, passive, so if you have a shoulder injury. Because that's rehabilitation also. Correct. Yeah. And by you don't want the tissues or the muscles to waste away. Right. The longer you rest tissues, is the more lazy it gets. Mm -hmm. And if it rested for an extended period of time, atrophy. it will atrophy. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't want that muscle yeah. wasted. Okay. Make so sense. rest is important, but you have to do it in a timely fashion. They cannot overdo it. And if you can load the, the joint, whether it's passively or actively, Go ahead and move the job. Once it's Great. safe and of course it's any pain. Great. Yeah. Gotcha. So, one interesting topic on the board, I mean, as I said, we did the And we were talking about this prior where some people, and I don't want to say it's their mind, but we have, for example, you have some injuries that are inexplicable. Like you have the Marvin Andrews injury from 2006, I believe it was. Where he tore his ACL, but still went on to play three games in the World Cup. Now, what are your thoughts on some of the inexplicable things that you see? Because I can't explain it. I, I can't explain I, I know there's a two that falls into, into different categories, but yeah. this would be better to hear from me. Yeah, well, as I mentioned, that rule of tilts. Um, strangely enough, and, and we use words as, as doctors when you can't really explain things too much. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we know, like, I've looked at the word idiopathic and where it derives from. And there's a big word for dealing when they say oh idiopathic, but that just means we don't know also. We don't know also. That just means we also don't know. Yeah, and it's, 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 it was quite interesting because of the, as you mentioned ACL. Yeah, until the people have an ACL injury, they can't function, they need a ACL reconstruction. And until the people they can walk, go to work, and be okay. And until the people they can play sport. Now, I might think it's a combination of mind, mental, mm -hmm. or the tissues around it. Developing the muscles around the joint, the fibers around the joint, so you can more or less take some of the strain off the yeah. ball. Or it can even be probably it wasn't as severe the injury to the ACL, and yeah. part of the fibers still connected and a bit scarred up. Um, but we still don't know. We still, we still don't know. Sure. Yeah. Because if I can remember just the other day when you played a game, yeah. you know you damaged your ankle. And you were able to I play the... I was in the debilitating pain, but as I told yeah. people, I said, I literally told my uncle, you're not going to tell us we're going to play the game. And I think I got something next day and I was okay. Not recommending it to anyone. I just say it sometimes. I have seen some inexplicable things and the power of your mind plays a part sometimes. And as I mentioned, that going back to my days in presentation college in high school, my dad is a kind of footballer by, by a guy called, we used to call him Bushlock. Yeah, Bushlock. Bushlock, you know Bushlock? So when we have Uncle Sprays, and I still can't explain yeah. it, no. Dad used to carry us there as a coach, and Bushlock would, you know, yeah. talk to us, distract us, yeah. and then crack, so-called cracking. Yeah. And the next day I was able to yeah. play football, and I still can't explain it now. I don't know if you still realize yeah, it. Yeah. 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 So I was in your party, kind of yeah. place school, but whatever he used to do then, yeah. It used to work. Well, for me, could talk well, it used to work, yeah. But I cannot explain. You can't explain. So they are, I just wanted to highlight. I mean, sometimes there are things that 
we can't explain yeah. that. Doctors are not gods and you know, we are yeah yeah yeah. yeah. We're not gods, so at the end of the day, he does the um, yeah. <laughs> he does the healing of the Naturopathic. Let me just touch a bit. So you know, I know osteoporosis and postmenopausal women are at risk for falls, and it significantly affects their mobility and mortality thereafter. Correct. You know, I see a lot of patients, and we can go down the bus, we buy phosphonates rule. But what are some of the things you would generally advise them for best quality of life? For best quality, if if as if a diagnosis of osteoporosis is made, take your doctor's advice. Right, they may have to go on uh, certain medications, and we're going to combine with this phosphonate to vitamin D and calcium. But detection is important, screening is important, uh, DEXA scans important, uh, general health and well-being. Because some of the causes of osteoporosis could be secondary, could be due to something else, um, hormone imbalances and stuff like that. Right. So it's good to determine what type of osteoporosis is. Right. The general practitioner would help, right. the doctor would help. Follow the advice, proper lifestyle, but I think in this case the medication and assessment after in a timely fashion to see if the the uh, T-score is coming within normal values, to see if we can start to tape off uh, the medication if it has to be more or less life okay. So proper physician advice important. Great. So lastly I just have to get I mean it's put so many different topics at once. I mean I'm very grateful, but I saw something that was so fascinating. Uh, recently implemented and integrated 3D imaging and printing implants where one of our colleagues who has a, a, a engineering company, sorry, uh, Polytech, we working with you to teach your brain some interesting crucial techniques, a surgical management company. What are the uses you could foresee here already and what do you think about the need for the service nationally? Well, as you mentioned, uh, <coughs> advanced technologies like 3D printing, um, stealth, early trade stealth navigation and the future robotics. Here it is, you have people trained with these devices and these materials coming back to Trinidad and bringing us service here. But the key is we have to start utilizing these services. In the case of the 3D printing and models, I think it's a good thing. We, as I, as a surgeon, could use it in cases of especially either deformity surgery, right. certain conditions like scoliosis or kyphosis or kyphoscoliosis which is essentially abnormal curvatures in the spine, cause of deformity, and um, what, what is these models could do, and even revision spinal surgeries. What happens is our surgeons, when we cut and we go into patients, we see the anatomy, right? That's when you really know what you're looking at. Exactly. Well, when is, everyone is different to start yeah. So imagine in a population of patients, you have even in similar structures, but it looks a bit different. Yeah. Complicating that, deformity surgery, when you have abnormally yeah. shaped things are yeah. not in places where it's supposed to be, the spinal cord is in a place that's not in a thousand or something like that. Yeah, you can paralyze yeah. people and all these other things. Now, if you have someone using CT scans and MRI scans actually from before, and then constructing this in a three-dimensional three uh, structure, mm -hmm. you now can see this you can work out exactly where you want to fit and where you want, want to, to cut yeah. your bone, where you want to put in your implants, mm -hmm. and you can work it out. So yeah. it actually would help us yeah. in planning preoperatively and even get an even better outcome instead of just encountering it live in, in, in the theater or even when we try to work it out using the imaging modalities like CT and MRI. Because we, when we look at these tools, we actually start mentally 
bring yeah. it to that three dimension mm-hmm. in our minds. But obviously, it's like yeah. a black and white photo and yeah. a color photo. Yeah, yeah. If we have these 3D models live, yeah. you can actually see it even better. Bring it to life. Yeah. yeah, you can bring it to life. Man. Yeah. All right, well, Dylan, we've talked so much about back pain. I, wanna, I don't want to let you go, but I know I have to let you go. I just want to ask you three questions before you go that you know what I ask and you can see. The first one is what would a younger Dylan Thomas say to himself at 20 or 30 to fast track his success? What's a fast track one? Well, it's a fast track one, but something that a 20 or 50 year old would be happy hearing from you that you know in your, 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 your more wise state. Well, in this state, what I'll tell a younger Dylan is one, stay, uh, don't neglect family and friends. Important for the physicians. Yeah, because you know what? The quest of becoming a doctor, but it is whichever route, surgical routes are very long. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, unfortunately, you might get caught up in studying and pursuing your goals. You could neglect your family in some form mm-hmm. or fashion. So don't neglect family if you have family. Mm-hmm. Don't neglect close friends if you have, because they play an important part on your journey to becoming right. a surgeon. So that's what I would tell right. don't be like family. I mean, I'm happy to be married. Yeah, yeah. I have a wonderful wife and two kids. Very patient with you. I, yeah, I think so. But uh, <laughs> I, I would spend more time yeah. and do more with them. That's great. Great, yeah. Good yeah. Uh, Second question, what's one simple thing you take? Because I know I've seen it, but it's not about me. That can dramatically affect the way we proceed with healthcare. Simple things we can do. I think... From uh, your experience. Yeah, I think from a ministry slash government perspective, to regional health and administrative perspective, and to the professionals and patients. I think patient education mm-hmm. is the most important thing with regards to using different mediums, whether it's newspaper, TV, even simple campaigns like Clean Up Trinidad and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, because all these things play a part in holistic health, yeah. lifestyle, and all that. And I think administration must involve healthcare professionals in making decisions. It shouldn't have a disconnect. Mm-hmm. Managers, doctors, surgeons, nurses, heads of departments should sit down, be real with each other, and we should put forth all the problems, troubleshoot, and deal with it as a team. So multidisciplinary team effort. Right. Involving management. Yeah. yeah. And business and medicine is important. Also, yeah. research and audits, very important. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And bring about these uh, so-called first world technology, yeah. I don't really like the yeah, yeah. because knowing that Trinidad has so many brilliant minds, I think we can incorporate that yeah. here and, yeah. and raise the level. We'll look at Cuba. Yeah. Cuba have a proper healthcare plan on it. So I think we could have yeah. a proper level of care here available to everyone. Okay, great. Yeah. Last question, Dylan. Where do you hope to see yourself in five years' time from a health point of view, from a new point of view? Mm-hmm. Where can I look for you and see you? Okay, well, uh, in five years' time, I would hope to be involved in uh, setting up a VMBT as, yeah, as you said. I'd like MBT, I would like uh, Spanish service to be running. Yeah. Right? So we should be more fine tuning at that five year mm-hmm. uh, period of time. We should be introduced or, or introduced like like to be the 3D printer and yeah. navigation. All these things should be part of our should be by health. Yeah. We should have a proper cost uh, and effect and a proper the economy of healthcare should also be better. We shouldn't be wasting money yeah. on health and proper campaigns and policies and even a proper spinal registry. And you see yourself on the front of this, hopefully. But hopefully, hopefully. hopefully. You know, we're little yeah. with, with yeah. Uh, powers that be, powers that be yeah. to bring it. And I, I all for getting that spinal, I mean, spinal is the thing, 
But even if I start with spinal, different uh, specialists could do like a hip and knee yeah. or a diabetic and hypertensive. It, but yeah. we need to start these things now. We're already behind and the whole world is moving on. Mm -hmm. And we should have proper digital, uh, everything should be computerized, I yeah. think, as well in the institutions. Well, this is a start, and Dylan, I thank you so much for your time. I appreciate no it. Great, great, great for being here. Thanks. Good.